Uh, welcome to the inaugural episode of Wasted Knowledge, the podcast where two current slash former bartenders, Sean and TC, talk about and interview people that have a subject matter expertise uh, somewhere in their profession. Uh, both of us being uh, bartenders at uh, the world famous Her restaurant in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> They're not paying us. We're not going to endorse them. Uh, and being uh, longtime bartenders, but also having other careers that kind of span a number of industries. Um, so this episode being the first one, we don't have a guest because we've had weird, weird lives. And uh, we're going to talk to each other and kind of interview each other and talk about what we've done. Uh, TC, uh, do you want me to use your last name, TC? Or we never really talked about We're that just going to go discretion. first names. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you by what to have in my phone, which is TC McBeardsley. Mick Beardsley. Uh, which is, I know your last name, I just never put it in. <laughs> uh, TC has a magnificent beard, and once we start uh, recording, uh, video recording his episodes, you'll, you'll see them. Um, just just think uh, Vikings. That kinda... And Sean has left out the most magnificent part of our podcast. Is oh, right. This podcast, while we deal and talk on all sorts of levels of expertise, or levels of expertise, we uh, do so and many different things. Wow, we do so while drinking yes. copious amounts of alcohol in all different forms. Right, uh, uh, wasted knowledge being the, built on the premise that uh, the TC brought forward of you ever sit next to someone in a bar and go, "Hey, what do you do?" And then you hear this stream of consciousness. <laughs> sometimes, oh shit, that's a cooler. Uh, sometimes riddled with fun facts or anecdotes or just gibberish. And uh, and it's, as for spending years behind the bar, we've heard a lot of those conversations happen. A lot of stories, and you get a lot of little things that you wouldn't get in a normal conversation when you add just a little bit of ethanol to the conversation. Uh, today we're sipping on a little bit of oh, yeah. plantation pineapple rum to get us started. Right, out of, uh, out of these cute little glasses. Uh, what what else do, did you bring in uh, today to the podcast? I brought in uh, some uh, sparkling off-dry Riesling because who doesn't love bubbles? And because you're off-dry. Yeah. It does describe me quite well, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, we also have... <laughs> With that shitty pun, I, I kind of feel like we're on the delicious dish <laughs> back in SNL in the 90s. Yes. Yes. Uh, we also have some... Uh, Upright Double IPA from Wild Leap Brewery, some good old Sweetwater 420, and uh, Margarita and Gosa Sour Beer from Second Self Brewery. I feel like lots of craft beer is going to come through here. Lots of uh, not-so-well-known spirits that are always tasty, and wine is always welcome as well. Uh, I... Yeah, I have other ideas for, for torturing people with mainstream generic margarita-flavored beers, but uh, we'll, we'll take that as, as it happens. Yes, I, 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 think, I think this might work very well. I enjoy this. By the, by the way, if you'd like to be a guest uh, on the podcast, uh, of course, if you're a working professional and you don't want to uh, use your real name, we're happy to use a pseudonym, which will be the same for anyone that wants to use one. Just your first name, or you can use the full one. Uh, and you'll be able to uh, to tweet at us at Wasted Knowledge Podcast on Twitter, and uh, you can find us through there. Uh, so moving forward, so I'm getting stared at like 
I'll get the Twitter address. There's a delay in between recording and broadcasting. I know, no. I thought you, you're on top of it, sir. Right. Way to go. Hell yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so moving forward, as we don't have a guest today, Where? really just thought we'd talk to each other a little bit. We know each other fairly well, but let the audience get to know us a little bit more. Yeah. And kind of understand as we gave them a abridged version already, but understand where this kind of came from and how it came to be the two of us. And right. So, so do do you want to start? Uh, I can uh, I can start asking you questions, which yeah. be be the generic. So, TC, what do you do? <laughs> I'm currently a restaurant manager. I no longer bartend alongside Sean. I've moved on to bigger, more pretentious things. Um. <laughs> But in the meantime, uh, uh, I'm managing a restaurant, a high-end steakhouse, if you will, with a really, really great bar program with some really wonderful people who have a vast array of knowledge in spirits and wine. So I'm following them around uh, under this idea that I may know more than they do. It's not true at all. And learning a lot, and in the meantime, having a really cool restaurant to do it in. Cool. Now, um, I think part of the reason that uh, you're interesting, uh, it sounds like such a direct form of flattery, it feels weird. I like it, though, um, you can keep doing it. You're so interesting. Is that, uh, uh, that's not your your only profession, your only career path that, uh, that you've straddled? No. No, I've done many things. I've always worked in restaurants. Uh, as far as payroll jobs go, it's been about 95% of my uh, life has been restaurant work. Everything from dishwashing all the way up to uh, running uh, large volume restaurants. But uh, I've also... Uh, done many other things recently i went to oklahoma and worked in the oil fields trying to ride that boom for a cash grab i've also uh been a backyard car mechanic and flipped cars um and those are probably the biggest things i've done career-wise i've i've tried and started multiple businesses involving dog training um transportation and even some voice work, but for the most part, uh, <laughs> this everything is the most is voice work that's failed miserably. <laughs> come out so far, but I've learned. <laughs> I've learned a lot, and I've always loved it. I I won't stop failing. I like I. I I don't necessarily like failing, but I like trying. So, oh, it's there's there's a, uh, a, a, at least amongst successful business people, a a vague an, uh, admiration for. For doing that, that's that's what I always hear from, like when I go to conferences, people are like, "Oh, you're an entrepreneur. That's so cool." Sure, I mean, you know, it's better when you make money at it. Right, 100. percent And that's <laughs> the only thing that stops me from doing 19 other things that I didn't just list: mm. is money, capital, was, was a little the, bit of time. Was the transportation one? Was that like Lyft or Uber? One of the right. It was essentially um, a party bus. Oh. Um, <laughs> it was a party bus idea yes. that I'm still toying with i don't want to uh uh and i might actually have had a recent rise in it but it's a uh 
kind of revolves around once again spirits and beer and alcohol. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a party bus that goes to multiple craft breweries throughout the state, mainly the greater Atlanta area. Um, but a little bit better than a lot of these tours that we've been doing, that I've been seeing lately and everything. So uh, that's something that's was brought up. It's in the works probably about two years ago. But I actually, funny enough, had a conversation with somebody probably about a month ago who showed some interest in it. It might be re-invigorated. Uh, ah. I don't know. It depends on a lot of this also depends on the fact that uh, I am married, so I can't make my own decisions 100% oh. anymore. Oh, like, so the party bus is not going to be as much fun. Well, no, the party, it'll still, she's, she's crazier than I am. But she's also very conscious of when I throw a bunch of money at something that it sometimes it doesn't return. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I throw a bunch of money at a bus full of women, yeah, I get in trouble too. Yeah. And, uh, so this podcast gets shut down by my wife. Never. Now, actually, I hope to have her as a guest. I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, also a lady with many talents and, and uh, at least a couple careers. And she's good on the mic. Rofone. Rofone. Right. Rock Ro-ro. the mics. <laughs> uh, man, yeah. So that's, that is a, that is a crap load of careers. Actually, what, uh, would you say you're a subject matter expert, expert, expert in most of those or? No. Half the, Actually, that's a lot of the reason why I wanted to, that's the reason why this, idea spawned so uh full disclosure this idea spawned um floating down a river with a in an inner tube with a recently graduated law student getting preparing for the bar a uh recently graduated pre-med who just got accepted to emory a poli sci major, basically a whole bunch of people who finished college, um, and I didn't. <laughs> but we were all floating and drinking, and we we're just having the strangest conversations that were highly intelligent, mm. but absolutely ridiculous and at times immature at the same time. Uh, conversations about zombie apocalypse outbreaks, conversations about trajectories uh, in order to launch somebody across the river with their tube after we splashed, conversations about like the amount of time that you could float down the river with just the supplies we had, and it was mainly all alcohol. Um, and the tools that we had on ourselves. <laughs> and so this idea, like we were just talking and I'm like, this should be recorded. This should be do this because I just loved the idea of talking to intelligent and people, intelligent people and people with expertise mm. that could answer questions that you sometimes randomly think about shower thoughts, if you will, with such like detail and care and that you could never do yourself and 
a lot of times when I've had those conversations, it's involved drinking, and I love drinking, so I decided to keep that in it. Um, so that's where the idea came about. And then it, I kind of fanned it out a little bit, and I brought it up to multiple people before uh, came over to you, Sean. Mm. But your expertise, and we'll get to some of those in a minute, but just <laughs> led to it, uh, just being a perfect match. Um, and I really kind of consider myself a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Um, and I love talking to people and learning from people. I mean, I research and go online and delve in th into things sometimes, but learning from people and through conversation and through story and things like that, is, I think something that's kind of gotten lost a little bit and something I absolutely love. I can just get enthralled in somebody's long conversation if you accidentally ask them about themselves like you said earlier and then 20 minutes later they're still talking that that's awesome to me yeah some people might want to like get up and walk away but somebody who's passionate about what they've done or has enough of a story to keep going right is just something that so that's what that's where this show kind of came about for me was i don't i know nothing john snow um this is going to get bad the more we drink. You realize that, right? Yeah, no, I, um, but I, I do. I already, so I, already, I already know a movie director that I want to yeah, invite. I know yeah. nothing uh, in the grand scheme of things. I even find myself much more, much more, uh, much better educated, I guess, in a lot of fields. But then I constantly surround myself with people who make me almost feel stupid in that same exact field because I just like to continue learning that way. So in my mind, I'm not really an expert in any of those things. I can talk to you about car mechanics. I can talk to you about the hospitality industry. Out of curious, how many cars did you flip, by the way? I or or repair and resell. So kind of. I slowed down drastically. Well, I, I'm not asking how you like how many do you think you did? Like twenty, thirty, hundred. Well, between the ages of sixteen and like twenty seven hundred. How much? How much? I probably income do you went have? through about forty-eight to fifty-five sure. cars. All right, nice. We kept track, me and my one friend kept track, uh, and it was almost like a contest, up to about 35 cars. Mm. Um, and then after that, I kind of kept doing it. wasn't always flipping, though. Sometimes it was just buying an $800 car, $800 car and then driving it until it blew up. But I've, I've done both on a much smaller scale. But yeah. like that's, how I, that's how I moved across country a couple times. Just, I would buy a car, repair it, move, resell it. Usually for more. <laughs> yeah, yes. Changing location is a great way to sell things because if somebody sees the same car that was for sale a couple weeks ago, they don't want to buy it for a lot more, even if it is fixed now. Um, yeah, I didn't really think about that. I just... Oh, well. Uh, that's just kind of one of those things that's... One of the more lucrative hobbies, I guess, I've seen that's kind of in the... Uh, like in, in the sidelines of things you can do, like if you can fix a car, you can generally make, like I, I've I've made upwards of three grand on on a car. Yes. Like and that's after taking out all of my like expenses for repairing it. I uh, I drastically slowed down. One of the main reasons I did was because from sixteen to about twenty five, the tools I was using were not my own. Mm, mm. So that took out a lot of upfront cost 
and problems for me. Now, every time I go to fix a car, I gotta buy a new tool for it. Get it. Don't mind me, I'm just readjusting a curtain. Get it. I can see like half your face, and I don't know which mic is picking me up right now, so it might be none. There we go. Still getting the uh, the studio correctly. So, oh yeah, there we go. Hey buddy, it's a it's a handsome motherfucker over there. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we're coming at you live, pre-recorded, so just recorded uh, from the Box Acoustic Studios here in Atlanta. Which, Box uh, Acoustic. Which it, it this this is I I have I'm a sole proprietorship, um, <laughs> one of my many businesses, and I'm not even actually trying to plug. I just you know. It just is what it is. Yeah. No, this is a good sound booth, I think. It's got a green screen and lights and stuff. And it's newly mobile. Yeah. That actually is one of my more proud moments is uh, because what this used to be, these walls used to be 18 inches taller. I individually cut them down, and they still match up to within a 16th of an inch to each other. Uh, You can't even tell. It's pretty impressive. Um, I was stoked. I can't even cut a straight line on a piece of paper. Ruler? <laughs> a ruler? I feel like that's what you would use. What is this ruler you speak of? <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So, like, so, so we both met in the restaurant industry, and shit, that was two and a half years ago. Feel free to adjust your mic, by the way, or if you want to point it more towards your your face hole. I just feel like uh, it's it's really intruding on my personal space. Yeah, that's what they do. I know. It's you, you learn to love <laughs> these, it. These these. Large cylindrical objects coming. Oh. oh God! Oh God! I don't know how that's gonna sound in post. I know exactly how it sounded. I just got it right in the <laughs> ear hole. Perfect. That's right. It You're wearing not, headphones. I'm not. Let's just, just say some of our listeners might enjoy it, but that's I'm here. The majority are gonna be quite confused. That's right. Yes. So we yes. So we met. Yes, yeah, so we two met two and a half years ago. Yeah, behind the bar. Um, and by that I mean both bartending. Um. Not that I was like, hi, JC, I ain't gonna tell your story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although I think that happened at some point. Uh, by the way, I also need a drink, so I'm gonna hold that thought. Uh, are you doing more rum or you wanna? Uh, no, I'm good on rum. I think I wanna crack open a beer. A brewski, if you will. All right. Beer break. Roll 20. Beer. And see. By the way, I don't think this is supposed to be a cup holder, but it's kind of perfect. Yeah, it's actually a headphone holder, and I they make they do make one that's a cup holder. Nice. A bit too deep, so that's perfect. Uh, you bring? You brought two of the. Oh yeah, it's an upright. I only brought one of the Maverick and Gosa, but I figured it'd be something you enjoy. That's why I brought it. You are absolutely right, but I have a, a half glass here, so I will uh, save you some if you haven't had it. It's fine. I had about four in the fridge. But it's also my... Pour that in front of the microphone. It's also the wife's. <laughs> it sounds you? like you're taking a leak. It doesn't sound like you're pouring a beer. <laughs> I just had like oh, how you casually sit in there. It's also the wife's. Yeah, okay. It. Fine. Well, no, not... Listen, this some this is a topic we can First really First of all, your wife into. kicks ass. Yeah, my, one, she has good my taste. wife does kick ass. Two, like literally, I'm scared of her sometimes. But two, that's a topic that I'd love to get into at some point in time in the future. Maybe in a little bit today. But the whole masculinity and femininity of alcohol and glassware is just something that 
as a bartender, just it's a huge pet peeve of mine. I don't think that there's any kind of pet peeve like it shouldn't happen yeah, or it shouldn't oh happen okay at all like I mean could it be a pet peeve the other way like, like why do men keep drinking out of margarita glasses or whatever? But, yeah. No, no, quite the opposite. Why do men refuse to drink out of a champagne flute? There, there were a solid, God, almost three years where I swear this relates to bartending because I'll say it. Uh, where I like, I would go to restaurants with my wife and her family, and like, I would just see a cocktail. I'm like, oh, that that combination of ingredients looks great. I'm gonna order that. And every single time, I'm out with her, her older brother and her grandfather, who was kind of like her father, and the rest of her family. And it would come out in a tall hurricane glass with an umbrella and three pieces of fruit on a skewer sticking out of the top, and it's blended. I'm like, you know what? That is delicious. I mean, knowing you. And the alcohol you like to drink, I knew that that was coming in that story. But the thing is, there's nothing. There is very few things. By the way, I like that we're both wearing softy shorts. Yes. <laughs> there are very few things tastier than a, a hurricane. Or a hurricane-like beverage. Yeah. Yeah. So, down with the femininity yeah. of hurricanes That's... and umbrellas. So, I, I think we could both say we're... Subject matter experts or expert bartenders. Yes. Uh, I yes. Especially in the art of serving uh, and and knowing knowing the basics. You're losing me. What? What? Yeah. So you're losing me in the art of serving. No, in the art of bartending. Well, yeah, yeah. But, when, yeah, okay. Yes. I wouldn't call <laughs> myself like a mixologist or an expert in some of the spirits and everything. But then again, I'm just... I actually finally feel comfortable saying that about myself, which is weird because I'm starting to move away towards the the bar and service industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you, you know what? I've, I've published two cocktails. Yeah? Yeah. There you go. I, I think that qualifies me. <laughs> I haven't published any. Right. Which I don't I don't think necessarily matters. No. But like, what, it's been 12 years? 12 or 13 years bartending. Uh I helped start and run an award-winning bar. I didn't know your bar won awards. Yeah. So we're getting off a little bit here. I'm Let's sorry. Let's flip the script. My no, bad. no, no. Just because you said that. Well, I was I was trying to just talk about bar, bartending because that's what we both do. Yeah. yeah. No, that's fine. That's what and that's what I was going to kind of go. We won't go too deep into everything else. Mm. Uh, but that's what I was going to talk about. Like where, where did you come from, Sean? Like when, right before we met, where were you? Where were you coming from? <laughs> First of all, you're welcome. Uh, it's, it's whether it's here or actually at or behind a bar or on the other side of a bar. Uh, it's always a weird question, especially now. Um, I just completed my 29th move, right? And I've had, I think, as many jobs. Yep. Um, so, so in regards to the the service industry, uh, bartending. Uh, which is, I think I did six months of serving, and it turns out I'm a crap server and a fairly okay master bartender. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Fairly okay master bartender. master bartender. Um, so, yeah, I started out in uh, cutting my teeth and actually at Cocopelli Winery as their uh, events wine tender in uh, Mesa, Arizona. And then I started bartending in Scottsdale uh, behind the bar. And went from there. I lived in the Caribbean for two years, and I helped start and run a bar. Uh, 
the the Barda champs at Comfortelda champs. Uh, they're Dutch, so it sounds yeah. cooler in English than it does in Dutch of being the bar at the hotel champs <laughs> and the hotel champs. <laughs> uh, they were rated like the, the best bar in Dominica in 2009, 2010. Um, came back to the U.S. during a recession, which sucked. <laughs> but bartended in Saginaw, Michigan. Um, and I'm from Saginaw, started my master's program. Didn't bartend for about a year and a half and then graduated and I was like, oh shit, I need a job. I guess I'll start bartending again. <laughs> and uh, worked at a country club for a little while, um, which is a great way to meet a bunch of really weird characters that are also subject matter ex- experts because most of them are 55 plus. They've been doing something for 30 plus years. Um, then I was out of the game for about two years because uh, I was working in video games. And then I moved to Atlanta two and a half years ago where I met you and was back in the bar game. There we go. So. Working at one of the best restaurants in Atlanta. It is one of the best restaurants in Atlanta. And you're still there for your occasional star I, bartending. I, I, it's, it's, it's a tough industry to leave, and I try to describe it to people, but it's, there's, it's its own cult of people that work there. Um, it's, hard to, it's hard to leave it. Uh, and they also let me do goofy things. Like we have a. Oh wait, how do I say it without exposing it? Uh, there is an outdoor bar, uh, and I was talking about Reno nine one one. Reno nine one one. You remember Lieutenant Dangle? I do. I do. Uh, they said, "Well, hey, if you want to work the outdoor bar, uh, we, you know, we could use some extra help. We'd love to have you. We know we don't. You don't know the menu as well as you should. I'm like I don't. Um, can I get some Lieutenant Dangle shorts? I'm like, sure. Perfect. So, <laughs> so this summer, so. catch me at some bar somewhere outside. <laughs> and, and I will be wearing aviator sunglasses and tiny, tiny short khaki tiny, shorts. Tiny shorts. And make me like a like a cheetah. This is wonderful. This image right now is wonderful. <laughs> I can still get my leg on the bar. So, uh, so just because I find it amazing and interesting, and it's one of the reasons why I have become good friends with you and find you so interesting. How about we give the people just a short list of some of your other careers? <laughs> um, however oh, short-lived they may have been. Oh, God. Okay. And you know the ones. I, I, I need the interesting ones. I don't know which ones. The, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'm just going to start from earliest and go to try to go to most recent. How about that? That sounds great. Um, uh, uh, of course, like every kid that's 16, there was a barista. I worked in an auto parts manufacturing shop that also made parts for other vehicles like race cars and helicopters. I worked for a variety of nonprofits doing data entry. That's not interesting. Although I did was worked with one of the earlier versions of geographical mapping systems called Esri, which now does like 3D mapping systems and is partnered with Google and all this other shit. Uh, that was cool. Um, oh, my God. Uh, 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 bartender. I was a river rafting guide uh, for like, three, four years on the Salt River out in Arizona. Um, shit. All right. Bartender, yes, and then uh, 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 I was a belly dance, belly dancer, and belly dance instructor uh, <laughs> for like five years. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, it's that just... actually makes me laugh still. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, it's great exercise. Uh, you can do it your whole life. It's very low impact. Um, good for balance. Um, uh, I've delivered sandwiches. I've 
I'm thinking of like all the other places I've bartended, which I can like I keep coming back to. I worked retail, worked for Germerstrip, um, <laughs> selling video games for like four years. I used to be one of their third key managers. Um, I've been a voice actor. Um, I've I've got actually a BA in theater and a master's in video games. So I've worked in both of those and still work in uh, in video games. I'm a luthier. Uh, I I solely own Box Acoustics, which owns this studio, but also uh, I'm. I make ukuleles and guitars and all sorts of string instruments. Uh, uh, I'm like looking around the office going, like, uh, what else do I do? Did I get most of them? Yeah, you got most of them. Okay. And then what you're currently doing is still working in video game development. Yeah. And have your own video game coming out. Oh, shit. That's right. So I, I co-own an indie studio. It's based out of Doylestown called Risen Phoenix. Uh, so we're working on a game called Vanguard Mallet, which is a basically a, just a straight mockery and parody of um, the whole superhero franchises, movies that are coming out, even though I love them. Uh, part of my childhood, part of my adulthood. Um, but I like to also make fun of things that I love, um, which is also why I mock, mock TC and his glorious beard all the time. I, like, I need to be mocked. Oh my God, damn, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, so we're making that, uh, that game and actually have some amazing talent that has agreed to work with us on it that I don't think I'm allowed to say yet. Um, but other professional comic book artists that work for other much cooler companies like, like Marvel, um, have, have agreed to help us. I think I'm allowed to say that. Um, and I work for I Thrive Games, which is a nonprofit game company, uh, working for pro social outcomes for teenagers through video games, um, which is incredibly sweet and important and not only science-based, but also, yeah. And it's. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's I mean, one of those things I will talk about for an hour and a half and and not stop because uh, the more the more I dive into all the science behind that, which I I come from the game side, right. I work with with PhDs in in in, in, in uh, clinical psychology and, and and development that they have to explain it to me, uh, which I appreciate. Um, but I also feel like, oh man, I hope I'm getting this right. <laughs> Um, yeah, they're, they're the whole, the people and the whole company are very, are very, very cool. Uh, and so I, I do that, and then I still act on podcasts and do some voiceover, and 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 whatever. Now, this isn't acting. This is just stuttering no. and talking and this drinking. Is, yeah, this is about as candid as it gets. This is for those of you who are listening or will be listening. As we are, oh, you don't have to live. use the future tense in a pre-recorded podcast, live. I, think. I like the pre-recorded live. Neither of us have a master's in English. <laughs> <laughs> we are not subject matter experts yes. in English. Uh, there is little to nothing scripted about what we're doing. We had a little bit of a discussion. We drank some rum. We turned the record button on, and there is a piece of you paper that has button. random stuff scratched on it that we probably wrote down. What three months ago? <laughs> Longer than that, Longer, man. Yeah. So I moved here three months ago. Yeah. So that's this is as candid as it gets. Well, and as you said, then so from that, basically the the main thing that we have in common is our love for bartending. Yeah. And just the like I said, the spirits, the wine. The beer. I'm currently in the process of getting uh, certifications in the knowledge of all three of those. Um, 
hopefully in this next calendar year I'll have a be a certified sommelier certified Cicerone and maybe even get a uh, certified specialist in spirits that's really expensive to get all three of those though um, it, it is and I'm just gonna, like I, I got offered to teach like one of the spirits classes I was like but I'm certified I'm like yeah but that doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's a. It's. It just smacked of being a little bit of a racket. Although also 100%. being being a little bit flattered. The and the the biggest and I will say that the probably the biggest racket of all of them is the uh, Cicerone program right now. Is that for beers? Yes. Okay. But it's a process of elimination. Beer just happens to also be one of my uh, probably my favorite of the three. Um. And I love knowledge, essentially. So it doesn't really matter if it is a racket. These people are teaching. And some of them, I may not actually take the test. I might just study the materials. But I love learning why different beers, different style beers taste different, where the flavors come from, where the... Yeah, we're good. Yeah, I put headphones on. I wanted nice. to hear your voice, as 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 as, as the world as the it. ten listeners would hear your voice. That's awesome. And, uh... But um, the other part of bartending is almost more important to me, and that is the service and the talking to guests and the creating something for people, creating an experience mm. for people, being that classic last-minute psychologist, that random <laughs> shoulder to cry on that half the time doesn't really want you to cry on it but is still there to be able to uh, be a teacher, be a listener. All that part of bartending is what kind of brought this about, and I think that that's just yeah, really cool. There's definitely a, a sage-like aspect to bartending. Like, even as, I mean, now I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not that old. I'm 34, and at the same time, people are like, what are you, 27? Um, but when, even when I was 27 and looked younger, people would be like, Oh, so what do you think about that? I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to, to sell a multimillion dollar company and fire 10,000 people. But they will that sounds us. terrible. Um, but let's and, and like, and you got, uh, at least I had to get really good. This was like, so I was in like Michigan, like during like the, the recession companies were closing, things were shutting down, people were moving. Um, and you had to get really good at trying to like extract and rationalize parts of people's lives and be like yeah yeah no that sounds sounds like you need another drink you do uh, you become really really good at uh giving other people sound and sage-like advice although you may not follow it yourself mm, as a mm. bartender <laughs> right you're, you're a doctor with one prescription right yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes <sir. laughs> I, I, I without even knowing it that well i think when i when i first decided I wanted to go into bartending and I, I don't know if you had this a similar thought or conversation or, or episode but um, I, I remember being 21 uh, about to get my degree in theater um, which is never never really makes your family that happy <laughs> and I remember realizing like, you know what I'm gonna be a bartender because if people are happy they drink if people are sad they drink and it's 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 a it's a re, it's a recession proof career, um, for whatever all the other stigmas that come out of being a bartender, which because there are negative ones, um, 
and not even thinking that oh yeah in in another seven years this economy is going to tank did not didn't see that coming no um, <laughs> no it did and uh, thank god i still had a job or could still find one um but yeah that uh i don't know did you have do you have a moment where you had to like look at look at your siblings or parents or something and say yeah i'm uh i'm gonna work in the restaurant industry actually, for a long time or a while actually i mean i'm sure there's some disappointment but a lot of my family worked in the service industry. Mm. So I've just kind of taken it to another level. My mom was a single mom for a while, and she raised three kids on a waitress, as a waitress at a bar and restaurant right up the street. Um, um, then, And that's where she met my stepdad, and he was a restaurant manager. He managed a Chuck E. Cheese when I was like nine years old. That was like heaven. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, no, I can see that being, but being pretty cool. So they worked in restaurants for a really long time. Um, my mom's since got out and became a paralegal and my stepdad since passed, but he got out. Um, he actually was robbed at gunpoint. This kind of swore off the industry. Um, it was just too dangerous. Uh, so when I was in high school and I started working in restaurants, they were actually pretty supportive of the whole idea. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a great idea uh, for someone young and getting ready for college and to work your way through college. Now, as far as the after college part, outside of a few markets, honestly, uh, in this country, like the entire industry is kind of looked over as a pass-through mm. career, as a, a stepping stone to something else or money to be made while you're f- working on your real career. Right. Um, and it's not really looked at as a profession, but uh, it's a. Uh, I think it's a very noble career as long as you take it seriously and treat it as such. Yeah, I, I will. I I agree. Um, and having bartended in different kinds of establishments, from uh, uh, chain end of the week day based named <laughs> restaurants to uh, like just. You know, dive bars to to higher end establishments uh, and country clubs uh, where I can you know you get a little bit of respect. Um, so in thinking about uh, the different kind of establishments that you can work at, um, I've noticed personality wise, I'll I'll embody a different attitude even even if I really love making cocktails or I mean, love making sure you get the best service. If the establishment doesn't demand it, like if you work at a dive bar, you work at a nightclub. People don't care. They want their vodka Red Bull, and if they're not going to get it in ten seconds, they're you know just going to try to slap you or whatever. Like there's, there's not the expectation of good service. So like it, so I've had to move on to plate because that is important to me. Some people it's not like hey I, I want to serve as many of those whatever two dollar shots as I can to get an extra tip blah blah blah, and they're going to make three hundred bucks a night and that's awesome. Well, yeah. But there's, but it, it feels like there's no, there's no honing of a craft, which is, which is what engaged me about bartending, um, and e- even from an earlier age, like when I was you know, a barista working at a coffee shop, people would be like, oh, I mean, you know, back in Europe, a barista, that's, that's a respected profession. Like out here, that's what sixteen-year-olds do. It's <laughs> 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 the lowest level at Starbucks, or actually, I think cashier is now. But um, that's beside the point. But like, so like, so I really enjoyed. The idea of there being a craft and a practice 
behind uh, serving drinks. And uh, yeah, you. Yeah, I mean that's something about life and and work that interests me is if there's a a a practiced craft to something. Working with your hands and doing something over and over again until it's perfect is uh, something that is, I think, diminishing greatly in this in this uh, culture. Yeah, and Uh, I think that's great. Like the three D printers, man. (laughs) Whole houses now. The great restaurant in Atlanta that we both worked at, that I really got to kind of get behind the bar and actually start tasting and educating my palate and blending mm. things and and really getting to the craft of it. So I still feel very, very novice in the craft of bartending and the craft of making cocktails. Uh, like, I mean, I'm... I did three so i'm like five years in but a year removed so like i still make cocktails at home i'm still constantly part of the bar at my restaurant and talking to them and tasting things but not being behind the bar is like oh i want to get back there all the time but the craft i'm still is still something that i constantly working on but i think that's really kind of interesting that like this like the people is what drew me to it, and the craft is kind of what drew you, and that's the two biggest things in it. Yeah, and and I, and I think for both of us, for being what drew us in, it's it's the other part that also added to it. Like, yeah, a hundred percent. Like I, the way I I get to interact with people, versus you know if you're a server or a manager, where you know you go to your table touches. Hey, how's everything today? Is everything good? All right, cool. All right, you all take care. Yeah. Hey, it's great to see you. Kids getting big. Or, you know, if you're a server and you have to, uh, and actually, you know, a good server, by the way, is incredible. <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking great, because that job is hard, too. And it's, 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 some people think it's, it's easier or fun or whatever. Um, I, and I, I don't, I'd no. rather, I'd rather stand in front of the same people for an hour and a half than walk away, come back, walk away. I've always back. liked, I randomly thought of it one day. I've always liked the, when I compared the two. The biggest thing that's always stuck out to me is when you're a server, you're going to their table. Mm. When you're a bartender, they're coming to your bar. And that little bit of difference, like there's that little bit of difference just creates a completely different dynamic. Space. Yeah, you have, you have, I, think. I, need, I need another drink, by the way. Um, I've killed the margarita beer. Nice. Drink some more rum or you can crack open the bubbly. Con Seco. Yeah, it's delicious. So it has a horrible label, and it has a bottle cap. From Von Schleidnitz. Yeah. <laughs> I should have said that with an upward inflection. Von Schleidnitz! It, but it, it is oh, uh, <clears throat> an incredibly good wine. I. Uh, so, by the way, this is a, a sparkling with a um, like a beer cap oh, with a little uh, kind of nipple on the inside. Yes, that's part of the reason why I was able to pick up like two cases of it for next to nothing. So I actually had my first screw top prosecco the other night as well, yeah. and um, besides being quite good, I bought it partly just because I'm like, all right, well, I know screw tops are actually better at sealing, but I'm kind of curious as to how this is going to go. It was wonderful, and they don't. Uh, but 
They have a negative connotation to them, so they don't sell well. Oh, that's nice. So you can usually pick them up for really inexpensive. You don't mind if I do. And I, I guess diving down, and we're like both off mic as I say this. Uh, diving down one of those those context rabbit holes, uh, or context uh, knowledge rabbit holes. Things are switching to beer bottle caps, screw taps, because there's a, a scarcity or rarity in cork. Um, but as people have been doing that, and this is over the last like 15 years that it's been happening, um, it was starting to happen right before I started bartending, was that so the scarcity was happening in cork. They're starting to switch from French to Italian cork, which you can see there's there's actually a difference. It look, go, it's going from like striated to kind of a grainy looking cork to plastic corks that didn't always steal, seal very well, to screw tops and bottle cap tops. Uh, the thing is, is the, the latter two seal better. They're hermetically yeah. more, they, yeah. They're they're actually, they're better for your beverage, and they're, they're better for the product, and they're cheaper, and they're not killing trees. Um, so there's, it's kind of, even though it's, um, uh, 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 the, the, the status quo, the, the the general feeling is that it's not as quality. It, it is actually better for your product. And for Similar is the resurgence of cans and beer. Beer cans 100% prevent light prevent uh, light mm. uh, pollution, which is the primary uh, uh, reason for beer skunking, as right. opposed to some people thinking it's temperature. If Heineken only had slightly darker bottles. Right, right. That's <laughs> why Heineken skunk all the time. But cans are cheaper, and they prevent light, and they're easier to uh, clean ahead of time. I'm making a face because I'm like, is that why you should buy it in Heine cans? Oh, nice. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so... So lots and lots of, especially the smaller breweries, are doing primarily cans. So uh, you don't really see a lot of bottles coming out of the craft brews right now. No, you're right. All right, my double fisting is over. We both told fun stories. Yeah, I feel like we've had. I feel like honestly, without a guest, I was kind of afraid of filling time. All right, uh, in the mouth and over the gums. Look out, stomach. Here it comes. All right. Thanks for listening. To wasted knowledge. I'm Sean Wyland. Uh, Sean. Blah, 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 blah. Ah, whatever. <laughs> you can be Sean he, Wyland. People, he died of heroin overdose. All the talent, none of the heroin. <sighs> at Mail NPC on Twitter. At and Wasted I'm- Knowledge Podcast. Also on Twitter. And I'm here with TC McBeardsley. TC McBeardsley. Who can't give away any of his accounts because he doesn't know if he wants his last name out there yet. And he was very uncreative with his social media handles.